Thanks for checking out this message from Coastal Community Church. We hope it's helpful and encouraging. Woo! Hey everybody, good morning, good morning. Man, it doesn't get any better than that, does it? Watching someone get uh, buried with Christ in baptism and raised to walk in new, new life. And uh, man, if that is your next step, yeah, that's exciting. We congratulate Ashley. And um, listen, if that's your next step, let us know on your Connect card. We are ready to baptize anyone, anytime, any service. So you just let us know, and uh, we would love to help you uh, take that next step and talk to you a little bit about baptism. Now, I know so many of you are worried about Pastor Chris. You're worried that uh, after last night, you know, was he even going to show up today? And, uh, you know, how's he, how's he doing? And uh, people have been checking on me all morning. Listen, I am fine. We're in a series right now called Hope in the Dark, right? Today we're talking about suffering, and I'm not a Carolina fan, so, you know, I'm okay. I mean, I remember, I remember the days as a Clemson fan of uh, Tommy West when he was the coach, the dark days. I remember when Clemson lost five in a row to Carolina. So I'll be fine. I'll be fine. But uh, hey, raise your hand or leave a comment if you have ever played the game called Show Me Your Scars. Show me your scars. Anybody? Come on now. You know what I'm talking about, right? You're, it, it goes like this. You're, you're out late with a bunch of friends, and uh, maybe, truthfully, some of you have had a little too much to drink, um, or maybe you kind of sad single guys are wanting to impress the ladies, but basically you say to someone, hey, I'll show you my scars if you show me your scars. And the winner is the one with the most scars or the one with the most bizarre scars or the one with the, uh, you know, the strangest stories behind them. So for just a few minutes this morning, we are going to play Show Me Your Scars, okay? Now, don't worry, keep your shirt on, okay? I know some, man, some of you are ready, right? Ooh, I'm excited. No, put your pants back on, okay? Um, now, I was thinking about this, though. Uh, by the way, this is just the honor system, okay? So we're not really going to show one another our scars. Although, if you are watching online and you're on Facebook, you could take a picture and post it. But anyway, we'll check those out later. Now, so let's start out real simple. Basically, again, you're just going to raise your hand or leave a comment. Here we go. Raise your hand or leave, leave a comment if you've ever had a broken bone or you've had some stitches. Just raise your hand. Okay, wow, that's the kind of thought. Actually, let's do this. Let's just go ahead and eliminate uh, all the losers of the game, the wimps. Raise your hand if you've never broken a bone or never had any stitches. Anybody? Wow, okay, man, that's pretty good, pretty good for you, not for this game. But everybody else, okay, how about this? Raise your hand if you've had like more than 100 stitches. Okay, wow. Stay away from that person. <laughs> okay, um, now, um, how about this? Here's, here's a good one. Do you have a major surgery scar? A major surgery scar. Okay, we got a few. Now, I actually do have a, a, a surgery scar. When I was like 10 years old, uh, I had an uh, emergency appendectomy. And it was right before Christmas. And, uh, but the crazy thing, because that's, you know, you think, well, I know today they just kind of, you know, it's all done very simply, but way back when, it really wasn't. But um, actually, so they, I get to the hospital, and they discover that, yes, it was an appendectomy, but it was a slow rupture that had been leaking for a while and actually had gangrene. And uh, so I have an appendis, uh, you know, appendicitis scar, but then I have a gangrene scar. So that's kind of cool, right? I could maybe win a few games. Um, now, how about this one? Raise your hand. Now, this is really big. If you've ever had a knife wound or a gunshot wound, 
Anybody? Wow. Okay, way too many people that I did not think would raise their hands on that one. Okay, now, typically the winner of the story of this, this game is this. Is there anybody here who's ever been wounded uh, in, in combat or in a war? In, in a war or in combat? Now, and by the way, um, uh, being mauled at Walmart on Black Friday does not count, okay? Okay, now, this reminds me, by the way, speaking of scars, have you ever been around a bunch of women reliving the birth of their children? Okay, guys, we, we're out of the game right there, right? I mean, we, we cannot relate. I mean, and they remind us of that fact, and we might as well just, you know, leave the room. But it's almost like you're at a VFW bar where, with these women, these birthing veterans just reminiscing their experience, right? I mean, like, the number of children that they've had is like the number of tours of duty, and the more, you know, grueling the pregnancy, the more they threw up, the longer the labor, like, the more badges of honor, you know, they receive. And then, like, the younger women today, they talk about the epidural, like it's advances of modern warfare, right? And then the older women, you, you, you ladies, you just shake your head and say, listen, the only relief I got was biting a bullet, right? Okay, so I don't want to leave anybody out today from this game. Today, we are going to look at some scars and some wounds that I think everybody can relate to. So not the external ones that everybody can see. You know, when you got the cast or the stitches or the Band-Aid or you had the children, because the truth is, for the most part, those are comparatively easy. In other words, those, those memories eventually fade pretty quickly, and, you know, you're at least able to talk about them and maybe even joke about them or brag about them or even talk about having more children. But today, I want us to look at something much, much more painful. Uh, scars that run much deeper and are more difficult to talk about. And they are those internal wounds and scars that so many people carry around. And my guess, many of you. So what are those hidden scars of life? Hidden scars are those hurtful memories or painful experiences that you probably keep secret but have caused you great pain. Okay, if you're taking notes, write that down. The, the hurtful memories, painful experiences that you keep secret but have caused you great pain. Hidden, hidden wounds and scars like rejection, abandonment, unfaithfulness, abuse, addiction, just to name a few. There are those hidden scars that people don't see on the outside but are even more painful. Now, where do they come from? Where do those hidden scars or hidden wounds come from? Well, they can come from anywhere, simply as a part of living in a fallen and sinful world. Some of you have been wounded by uh, prejudice or injustice. You've been scarred by uh, a family member as a child. And those are sometimes the most difficult and hurtful scars. You could be wounded by uh, other children at school, you could be wounded by a friend or a spouse who betrayed you. You know, as a pastor and someone who's probably talked to literally hundreds of people, I have discovered that I really do believe that everyone has a hidden wound or scar. Everyone. Now, they might be, they might be different in size and scope 
and defect, but everybody's got one. It's just how you've handled it, how you've dealt with it. So today, we're going to look at um, a passage of Scripture where Peter talks about the suffering that we all endure. All endure. And, uh, you know, many times as the, the hurt and the pain and the suffering that we endure in this world, it creates wounds or scars. And so I think we can find in this passage today some steps that we can take toward healing. And so that's my prayer for you today. Step number one on that path of healing. Number one, forgive the offender. Forgive the offender. First Peter chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. So then, since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourselves with the same attitude he had and be ready to suffer too. Circle that phrase there. You must arm yourself with the same attitude that he had. You know, Jesus understands what it means to be hurt, what it means to suffer. How many wounds did, uh, did Jesus have? Now, the physical wounds, that might, those might be easy to recall and recount, you know, the nail prints in his hands and feet, uh, the, the stripes, the whipping that he endured on his back, the, uh, the spear that pierced his side, the crown of thorns that was jammed down on his head. But did you ever think that Jesus had internal wounds as well? Wounds that you might not see? Wounds of betrayal, rejection, hatred? You see, when you're hurting today, Jesus understands. He says, I've been there. I can relate. I can sympathize. He knows what it's like to be falsely accused, to be mistreated, to be rejected. And so Peter says, listen, followers of Jesus, when you go through a hurt, when you suffer, you need to have the same attitude that Jesus had. So what was his attitude? Well, Luke 23, 34, remember Jesus is hanging on the cross and he said this, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. I mean, you think about that. He could have had them blown away. He didn't have to hang there on the cross. He could have called down 10,000 angels. He could have stopped the whole thing saying, hey, enough, enough's enough. But instead, he hung on the cross and he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And so if you're ever going to be healed of your hurt, you're going to have to forgive the offender. You say, but Pastor Chris, I don't want to do that. I don't want to forgive the people who've hurt me. They do not deserve it. You know what? You're probably right. They don't deserve it. Forgiveness is never deserved. Then why should you forgive the people who've hurt you? Write these down. First of all, because God's already forgiven you. He's already forgiven you. You're never going to be called upon to forgive anybody more than God has already forgiven you. Secondly, you're going to need forgiveness in the future. You're going to need forgiveness in the future. You know, by not forgiving someone, you are actually burning the very bridge that you're going to have to walk across to get to heaven. You know, when you pray the Lord's Prayer, Father, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us, you are saying, God, forgive me just as much as I forgive the people in my life. And then thirdly, this is so important. And this is really the, the heart of the matter today is that you're never going to stop hurting until you learn to forgive. You're never going to stop hurting. It's the only way to release the hurt for your sake, not for their sake. You've got to forgive. Hebrews 12, 15 says, Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. 
Watch out that no, write this down or underline this, this phrase here, poisonous root of bitterness. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Listen, resentment always, always hurts you more than it hurts the other person. You might be resentful over something that happened to you five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and it, to this day, it still upsets you. And that other person, they've forgotten about it. They've totally gone on with their life. Listen, resentment, that bitterness, it never hurts the other person. It hurts you. Listen, don't allow the people who've hurt you in your past continue to hurt you today. Don't allow them that kind of power in your life. Step number two toward healing. Focus on God. Shift your focus onto God. 1 Peter 4.2 You won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you will be anxious to do the will of God. He's basically saying, hey, get the attention off yourself. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. But he's saying, listen, get your attention off your hurts, your pain, and get it on to God. For the rest of your life, regardless of what's happened to you, regardless of your suffering, regardless of the hurt in your past, it doesn't matter so much what has happened to you as to what is the direction your feet are headed in right now. Focus on God's will. Now that right there, that is a huge mental shift. It is a choice that you've got to make. Now I know some of you might be saying, Pastor Chris, are you telling me that I need to ignore my past? No, of course not. You can't do that. Listen, it's okay to feel hurt and sadness over the things that have happened to you, anger, you know, that, that, that hurt you. The Bible says that, you know, that mourning you know, is a part of the Christian life. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. It's okay to mourn, but there's a big, big difference between mourning and moaning. Moaning says, I'm sad about that incident that hurt me, uh, uh, and then I'm never going to get over it. I'm never going to get over it. Listen, that's not true. That's a choice you're making, whether you choose to get through that hurt or not. You know, we, we, we get stuck in our pain that so much so that we can't get on with the present or the future. So how do you get unstuck? You focus on the healer and not your hurt. You focus on the God who can heal you, that the God who can bring about a positive purpose even out of your most painful experience. Somehow he can take the very bad and evil things that happen. And he can bring good out of it. How does God do that? I don't know. But I know that he does. The secret is trust. You just trust him. You, you forgive the offender. You focus on God and you say, God, I'm going to let you settle the score. I'm going to let you balance the books I'm going to move forward with my life. I'm not going to focus on, on get, getting even. Listen, that's called trust. That's exactly what Jesus did. Go back to 1 Peter 2, 23. He did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. The problem with us is that 
We forget that God does see everything that we go through. We forget that God uh, knows about all the hurts and the pains that we've experienced. And so sometimes I think subconsciously we kind of hold on to it because we think that somebody's got to remember how bad this was. And, and, and we think that if we forget it, the offender will get off scot-free. No, they won't. God remembers. Listen to the psalm, Psalm 56, 8. You keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. Wow. Did you know that God has kept a record of every tear that you have ever cried? That your pain matters that much to him. He feels it. He wants to help you. You can stop rehearsing the pain because God is going to remember it for you. Let him settle the score. Listen, nothing has slipped past his watchful eye. So what's the result in our own lives and our hearts when we do that, when we give our hearts over to God? Look at Romans 15, 13. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow, listen to this, with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Did you see those three benefits of giving your heart, your hurts to Jesus? Joy, peace, confident hope. Now let me ask you a question. Would you rather be filled with joy, peace, confident hope, or misery, depression, and resentment? It's your choice. Step three, face the future. You know, if there was ever a person in the Bible who overcame the, the scars and the wounds of, of hurt and suffering, it was a man in the Old Testament by the name of Job. I want you to listen to Job eleven thirteen through 16. Put your heart right, Job. Reach out to God. Put away evil and wrong from your home. Then face the world again, firm and courageous. Then all your troubles will fade from your memory like floods that are past and remembered no more. He says, put your heart right. Step one, forgive the, forgive the offender. Reach out to God. Step two, focus on God. And then he says, face the world again, firm and courageous. Step three, face the future. Listen, courage isn't the absence of fear. It's it's moving ahead. It's moving forward in spite of your fear. You say, but yeah, but I don't want to do that. I don't want to face the future. It scares me. Listen, tell God about that. Pour your heart out to God. Psalm 34, 17. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. Listen, if you're afraid of the future, tell it to God. Say, God, I'm hurting. I'm depressed, I'm afraid, I resent that person, I don't like what they did to me. Go ahead, pour your heart out to God. Be honest with him. Why? So that God will know how you feel? No, he, yes, he, he already knows how you feel, but for your own sake. Listen, those wounds have got to be opened up to the healing love of the Father. You know, most people, instead of doing that, though, they just look for a quick fix. And they never get to the problem. 
And I actually think that's one of the things that, that Peter here is warning us against. He says, you know, guys, don't mask your pain with a, with a quick fix. Look at verse 3 of chapter 4. You have had enough in the past of the evil things that godless people enjoy, their immorality and lust, their feasting and drunkenness and wild parties, and, and their terrible worship of idols. Listen, have you noticed that when people are in pain, when people are hurting, they will do almost anything to avoid it or to remedy it. I mean, you can go get drunk, you can pop some pills, you can settle for a one-night stand, you can sit down with a carton of Ben and Jerry's, right? I mean, the world only has cheap, temporary painkillers to offer. Now, let's be honest, they might work for a while. I mean, they might. You'll forget the pain for a, for a little bit. But afterwards, the pain is still there. They don't solve the problem. You can get high all you want, but you come down, guess what? You still got the pain. You can get drunk, but after the hangover, you still have your problem. You are aching with loneliness. You can go out and pick up somebody for a one-night stand, but afterwards, tomorrow, you are still lonely. It never takes away the pain, and it doesn't solve anything. Forgive the offender. Focus on God. Face the future. And then number four, one you might not think about. Find a support group. Find a support group. You will never be fully healed and recovered all by yourself. God never meant for you to solve your, your hurts on your own. I mean, think about this. When he made Adam and he put him in the Garden of Eden, Eden even in a perfect environment, he said, it's not good for man to be alone. We need each other. You will never be fully healed until you share those hurts, you share that pain with other people. Hidden scars heal quicker when you get the support from other people. Look at verses eight and nine. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. He says, love covers what does that mean? It means there is enormous, tremendous, powerful healing power in love. Love is the antidote to fear. Love is the antidote to guilt, to resentment. You see, when your life is filled with love, it, it doesn't have room for the other things that, that just eat you up on the inside. You see, God is love. And you fill your life with God, you're filled with love. That is the ultimate healing power. Now, where? Where is the best place to find that kind of support system? Guess what? It's here. It's the church. That's why God made the church. We are to be a family of supportive relationships. Look at Hebrews 10.25. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Circle the word encourage there. Guys, that's one of the purposes of the church. We are to be a place of encouragement. Man, life is tough. We need encouragement. And by the way, encouragement is not just me standing up here encouraging you. The pastors can't do all the personal encouraging in a church. 
God never, ever meant for it to be that way. He meant for all of us, all of you, encouraging one another. Now, where do we believe is the best place for that type of encouragement to take place within the church? In small groups. We call them life groups here at Coastal. Small groups of, you know, 6 to 12 to 15 to 20 adults that meet in homes during the week for several months throughout the year with the purpose of, of learning and sharing and caring and loving and serving and getting closer to God and to each other. Listen, you need to be in a life group. A place where people know your name when, you, when, when you're not there. They miss you and, you know, where they can share and and you can share, and you can listen, and they can pray for you, and you can pray for them. And if you get sick, somebody can bring you meals and watch your kids. And if you go to the hospital, somebody can come and visit you. The value of a life group is you realize, you know what? I'm not in this alone. There are other people that got the same kind of problems I got. And some of them have been through, been through it, and they can give you some advice. Listen, I guarantee you, that regardless of what your problem is, regardless of what your hidden scar or hidden wound is, there is somebody else here at Coastal that's had that same experience. You just got to get connected with them. Now let me, let me say two things about our groups here at Coastal. The reality is that, that this semester of life groups is quickly coming to a close. We, we run our life groups on a semester basis. You know, there's a fall-winter semester and then a winter-spring semester. And yeah, this, uh, this semester is, is, is coming to a close. But right now, we're actually starting to plan out and prepare for, are you ready for this? 2021, winter-spring semester of life groups. And so today, if you are interested at all in either leading, assisting, or hosting one of those groups, I want you to let us know about it today. Now, you don't, you don't have to have it all figured out yet. You don't have to know the time, the place, the study, the location, all that stuff, whether it's going to be in person or in, or in homes. You don't have to have all that figured out yet. Just right now, are you interested in possibly helping, being a part of that? Let us know on your Connect card. The other thing that I want to tell you about as far as finding that support group and dealing with the hidden wounds and scars that so many people have is that you might not know this, but right here at Coastal, we actually have a grief share group. It's a support group for people who have been through uh, the loss of a loved one. It meets here on Monday nights at 6.30, and on November the 16th, Monday night at 6.30, our Grief Share support group is actually hosting an event called Surviving the Holidays. Maybe you need to be there. You know, if you've lost a loved one, you know how difficult and painful it can be uh, during the holidays. And uh, we'd like to help. You don't have to be a part of Coastal, be a part of that either. You can go to the Grief Share website, look it up. You can just give them our, our name, address, you'll find all the information. Share that with people that you know. Invite someone to come. You come with them. Now, another way that we encourage one another is not just through groups, but through ministry, through serving. Not just through relationships, but through responsibilities. Look at verses 10 and 11. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to what? Serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies? Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Listen, God never meant for the church to be a one-man show. 
This church outgrew me years and years ago. There's no way that I could meet everybody's needs here. It says here that God has given each one of us a gift. Isn't that just the opposite of how we think? We think that only the pastors and a select few you know, super Christians have gifts. No, Peter says here that each one of us has a gift to help one another, to pass on the blessings of God. We think, hey, let's call on the pastors to give us God's blessings. Listen to me. If the church is missing out on the blessings of God, it's because God's people are waiting on other people to do the blessing. That's you. That's us. 58 times in the New Testament, the Bible uses this phrase, one another. Love one another, care for one another, greet one another, pray for one another, support one another. That's why we need a church family. That's why the church family is so important during the season that we've been in. We need each other, not just to come and sit down and listen or tune in and listen and hear a message. God means for you to be involved, to get connected in community, to do life with other people, to be a blessing to other people. And miraculously, man, when together we do that, when we serve one another, when we are connected in groups and we do life together, God uses all of that. And you know what he does? He heals your hurt. He heals your wounds. Everybody's got one. A hidden scar. What's yours? Would you like to experience healing today? Come to Jesus and get on this path toward healing. Matthew eleven twenty eight says it this way. Then Jesus said, come to me. All of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I'll give you rest. Jesus says, come. You don't have to understand it all. He's not going to put all these rules and regulations and guilt and shame on you. You just come, and he'll give you rest. Mental, spiritual, physical, emotional rest. Come to Jesus today and take these steps. Forgive your offender. Focus on God. Face the future. And find a group. If you'll do those things, that painful memory will be like a flood that is past and remembered no more. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today I thank you for your word. And I thank you for the reminder that we all needed from Peter today that um, we are going to suffer. There is going to be pain. But there is healing and there is rest to be found in Jesus. Come to him. Wherever you're at, wherever you are, today, here, online. Listen, I don't know, and and the reality is probably many people around you don't know what those hidden scars are that you've been dealing with. But let me tell you something. Our loving Father knows. And he cares And he loves you, and he has the ability to offer healing and to even bring about good from the pain that you've experienced. 
just come to Jesus right here and right now. If you are already a believer, maybe this is something you've just not done and you're in, in one of these steps, take them today. Forgive that offender. Just turn it over to God. You know, focus on him. You know, take those next steps towards your future. Maybe a next step for you is to be a part of a group, to start serving, to get involved, to do life with other people where you can share a little bit more about your story. Maybe you're here today and you've never come to Jesus for the very first time in faith. Do it now. He is the hope of the world. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the one that you have been seeking and searching for. He has been waiting on you. Come to him. Come to him now. Just pray, dear Heavenly Father, I, I do believe. I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he went to a cross for me and my sin. I believe he rose from the dead and I believe that he is alive and he can offer me healing in my soul for here and now and for all eternity. And today I ask Jesus to be my savior and my Lord. Thank you. Thank you. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, have a blessed day.